Vidic coming forward now. He had two last week. He winds up the left-footed shot. It sneaks into the bottom corner. Headed on in the direction of Kovacic, who scores. Back out to Morris, who sends it in low with deflection. Another save by Neumann. Shot by Matt DeRosa, and it's in. Matt DeRosa puts the Terps up 1-0. Elmi has the room. He shoots it in. Maryland has a 1-0 lead on the goal from the senior, Sebastian Elmi. From the far side, comes right back in towards the middle. A header and a goal. And that is the set piece that breaks the deadlock. Padilla with some space outside the left foot. What a strike! Brian Padilla with the outside of the left foot draws this one even. A great dummy by Johnson leaves it for Benderosa. In towards the middle, a header by Cornelli. And Maryland has the lead back. The senior captain on senior day. And that'll do it. Maryland's California dreams have become a reality. For the first time in a decade, the Terps are national champions. Ladies and gentlemen, get on your feet and welcome your Ludwig Lowdown featuring Brendan Hartlove. We are back. Season two of the Ludwig Lowdown, our Maryland men's soccer podcast right here on WMUC Sports Radio. As always, I'm Brendan Hartlove. And yeah, this isn't how I expected the first podcast of the year to go. This isn't how any of us expected the last seven months of our life to go. But we're here, we're still going to talk Maryland soccer, even though it might be a little more difficult without an actual season going on. So the plan is to use this as an opportunity to talk about some of the things that maybe we wouldn't necessarily get to in the hustle and bustle of a regular season. We obviously don't have games to preview or recap, so we're going to focus on telling the stories of the team, talking to the coaches, the players, and really kind of getting into their backgrounds and their stories. We did that a lot with the interviews we did last year, but maybe we'll have an opportunity to do that even more this year without games going on. So just to catch you up on where we are now, if you've been living under a rock for the last couple months, and honestly, if you have been, lucky you. There is no fall sports season going on. That announcement came back in early August or so. And so for the Maryland men's soccer team, that announcement came while they were already back for preseason. They were going through the testing. They were back trying to get ready for training and they got word that they weren't going to have a fall season. And immediately when that happens, you know, your mind rushes to, well, can we do this in the spring? Can we move this to the spring? And it looks like the answer might just be yes. So on Tuesday, the NCAA approved the move for fall championships that were canceled to now be played in the spring. They've announced some of those dates. The good thing is I got to talk to Sasha Sarovsky on Tuesday, the day that all that information came out. So he had all the dates. He had all the information ready. And, you know, it had been a very long time since he and I sat down and talked about a lot of this stuff for obvious reasons. But we had a lot to catch up on. We started with the lead up to that decision, then the guy's reaction to that decision, and just kind of how they're handling it right now, because it's a very difficult time to move back, think you're going to have the season, all of a sudden have the carpet pulled out from underneath of you. So how they're dealing with that, kind of a lot of the other things that have been going on, it's been a very outspoken team when it comes to social justice issues and you know mental illness. And these last several months have been really trying in a lot of those different areas. So there's some difficult conversations to have, but the team has had them and Sasha and I had them as well. 
After that, we got into how this might lead towards that two-semester model that Sasha has worked so hard for over the years, got some injury updates on guys that missed most of last season, and then freshman goalkeeper Nicholas Neumann during the pandemic decided to stay home in Germany, pursue professional opportunities. However, his time in College Park might not be done just yet. A little bit of breaking news with Sash. And then if you've ever listened to this podcast before, you know we love talking about pro Terps. Did a little bit of that with Sash, starting with Chase Gasper and Dane St. Clair of Minnesota United, two guys part of Maryland's 2018 National Championship team that went the entire NCAA tournament without conceding a single goal. Eric Williamson, who is having a breakout season for the Portland Timbers and might just work his way onto that under-23 U.S. team for the Olympics. And then the big one, Zach Steffen with Manchester City now in the English Premier League. Really the highest profile Terp athlete out there right now. He made his debut yesterday on Thursday for Manchester City in the EFL Cup. Got the win as well. So Zach Steffen doing very big things in addition to him already being the number one goalkeeper for the U.S. national team. A lot to cover, and I didn't even say all of it because I didn't want to give all of it away. But here is the interview with the boss himself, Sasha Sarovsky. All right, I'm now joined by Maryland head coach Sasha Sarovsky. And coach, I know it's very crazy right now, but I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. Brennan, always great to be with you, and it's a, it's a beautiful day outside, so uh, so could be a lot worse. Absolutely true. So a lot to catch up on since the last time we did this. Let's kind of take it back to around early August. You have most of the team back on campus. You're going through the testing. And what were the weeks leading up to that postponement? And then what was the team's initial reaction to, to that decision? Well, I think the entire late spring and summer was a big roller coaster ride for us. I think there was times that uh, – Early into the COVID crisis, we are hopeful that we'd turn the corner and we'd have a full fall season and things were looking good. Um, and there, there was times that things were looking pretty good and then things looked really dour in, uh, in May and you know, late April, May, early June looked really dour and we thought there's no way we're going to play and then things kind of picked up and a lot of our players showed up here in the middle of July, got tested, uh, started going through the resocialization process and I think we have almost 90% of our guys here and things were looking like we're going to play. Then, you know, comes the football schedule release and, you know, we're getting ready for an August 11th uh, first training session. Uh, and, then, and then we get a phone call late at night and it's like uh, we're on pause. Uh, things may not happen. And then you get the, you, you get the exclamation mark that the season is canceled. And that was tough to deal with um, because we had just built up so much momentum and so much positivity uh, in terms of the way things were going. Um, and so that was a tough, tough to take. But, you know, our kids are really resilient. They're smart enough to realize that it was going to be a challenging season to play in. And as I said publicly, I had no problem with the decision. I think the decision was the right decision. I, I predicted that decision months earlier. I just was disappointed in the fact that it happened uh, so quickly uh, with, with, without a lot of uh, sort of advance notice. <laughs> and it happened at a time when we were getting ready to have our first practice. But uh, we, we were able to start training pretty quickly after that. A couple of days after, we went, I think, three days a week for the first few weeks. Um, and our kids were very happy to be on the field training. Uh, we, we are using the, the new football practice fields at Cole for our practice field this year. As most people know, we lost our practice field to a new dorm and dining hall. So we've sort of been uh, practice fieldless for uh, a long while. Uh, but the setup there is amazing, and our guys are really thankful, and, and we feel blessed that we're able to practice uh, 
uh, you know, at, at almost at full capacity right now. Um, I'm also really proud of our guys. We, we've gone, I think, 10 weeks now with, uh, with zero cases. Uh, I'm going to knock on wood here. And uh, <laughs> uh, so, so I, I feel like we're, we're in a pretty good place. We're practicing. Our guys have been really, really good about um, being disciplined and responsible uh, during, during the, the, uh, this whole crisis. And uh, so, so, so far, so good. So now we're just looking forward to being ready for the spring. So this is obviously never ha- you've been here for 27 years now. There you don't have a lot of firsts. This whole situation is a big first for you. How are you keeping the guys, you know, motivated to train and and keep their focus? Yeah, you know, it's it, it's it's been difficult as you mentioned. I mean, I've spent almost the last 40 years of of, you know, from early August till December uh, with a routine of, you know, get getting geared up for a season, getting ready for games. Uh, it, it was really, really weird the first Friday of the season when I was at home, you know, having a glass of wine, watching TV at kickoff time, what would be normally the start of a season. It just, it just felt really, really weird. Um, but once you get past that and you recognize the moment you're in, you know, we always talk about, hey, you got to win the moment. Uh, whatever you're dealt with, how can you win the moment? How can you, how can you overcome this and make it into a positive? And uh, one of the things I told the guys is, you know, before we can – uh, try to win a college cup next year. We got to win the COVID cup. So, <laughs> so, so, so we are now uh, every day trying to win that moment, win the day, get better, see each other, um, and 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 try to make the most out of out of a situation. And you know, so far, I, I we're, you know, I feel blessed to be honest. We're 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 practicing, we're playing, we're getting better. Uh, the only thing that's missing is the competitive element, uh, the Friday night lights, uh, all of that. But um, we understand the situation and uh, we'll be ready, uh, you know, come February 3rd when the season kicks off. Your team has always been really open and had conversations about, you know, mental health, mental illness and things like that. And these past several months have been really difficult in that regard. Yeah. What have you guys been doing just to make sure that everybody's kind of handling the situation as best they can? Yeah, we, we've, we've, we try to have conversations uh, as often as possible. The players know that we're very open. They know we have a history of caring and nurturing. They also know they have teammates that care and nurture. And we, we always ask our players to, to, to not be afraid to reach out, ask for help, to, to let people see and feel how you're doing. Um, so I think we have a culture that uh, is, is open. And at the same time, it's very difficult sometimes for people to, to really – uh, trust and open up, particularly the new players that are coming into a situation. Um, I'm very sensitive to our incoming freshmen. Um, I have a daughter who's a freshman at Florida State right now who's, you know, waiting her whole life to go to college and have the excitement of that. And yet, um, you know, it, it's just very different. So so we, we check in with our with our freshmen, our players regularly. You know, we, we try to have individual meetings. Almost at the end of every practice, I grab a group of players or individuals and just see how they're doing. Um, um, and we've also tried to make sure our guys um, really, you know, the idea of social distancing, that they still stay emotionally connected, that you, you can still have some social interaction, social gathering, that you just don't go in your room and just shut off and get on your phone and lock your door, that, you know, w- within the guidelines with, with the mask, that you can still, you know, use the time to really touch deeper on, on your own personal values and personal, uh, you know, ideas and goals, but also get to know your teammates more because you're not going to class. You have a little bit more time. So I've asked them to, to develop deeper relationships in this crisis, in this time, this opportunity that we have right now. And I think they're doing a good job of that. I, you can sense it. You can feel it when I come to practice. 
I see nothing but happiness um, on their faces and, and, and they're training at a really high level and I'm, I'm really impressed with them. Another topic that both you and your guys have been very outspoken on is, you know, the racial injustice and the Black Lives Matter movement that really has kind of picked up in the last several months. How do those conversations kind of start with your team and what are some of the things that have come out of that? Well, you know, we, we have a history of having a very diverse team. You know, soccer is a global game. We've got players from all over the world. Um, we, we've had many black players in our teams, you know, past, present and future as well. And, you know, I, I started the conversation as soon as uh, uh, the, the initial, um, uh, uh, you know, the George Floyd, uh, Breonna Taylor, all of, you know, all of this stuff was just happening. I just remember, uh, you know, I posted a few things, but I remember being very angry. And, uh, and we talked about it. I, I told our players, it's okay to be angry. Let's, let's talk about this. And, and we also talked about things that we can start to do uh, to, to, for ourselves to become better individuals and in ways that we can potentially influence down the line. And I, one of the things I explained to them is, you know, in the moment now with this crisis, there are certain things we can and cannot do. But, you know, I wanted them to commit their life of influence to positive change, um, you know, because real substantive change takes time. You know, I mean, sometimes it can happen with votes. Sometimes it can happen with, with, with words. But most of the time it happens through action that takes a long period of time. So I've asked them to dig deep into their their values and and be smart about classes they take and when they're in positions of influence, coaching, teaching, or or parenthood or or um, leadership, CEO of an organization, they're going to have opportunities to make the world better, to make it more equal, to make it just. And and I've tried to explain to them that you know in this moment, the world it's a terrible moment, but it's a great opportunity for both self growth and development, but influence over over a period of time. Um, and I know because certain things that I've, uh, you know, uh, attacked, whether it's trying to get college soccer on television or a two-semester model or things that were important for me to change, it's taken me sometimes six, seven years um, to get to an end line. Um, and uh, and, and so, so I think they've been really good, open, honest conversations. And sometimes because we've had the time now, we're able to have these conversations. Um, but it's also been a little frustration because there are certain things that we want to do that we cannot do. Um, but we're keeping a conversation going. I think our players are appreciative. Uh, I think they're growing and, and I think their influence over time will, will, will be very valuable. So just kind of to transition, you mentioned one of those things you've worked very hard towards is that two semester model. Currently the ACC and a few other conferences are playing in the fall, but to compete in the spring championships, they're gonna have to play in the spring. And yeah. that looks an awful lot like a two yeah. semester model yeah. to yeah. me. Yeah. What are you kind of hoping to get out of this almost trial run of a two semester model, if you will? Well, uh, you know, I, I talk to my friends and colleagues at the ACC all the time and I tell them I'm incredibly jealous and I'm incredibly happy at the same time. <laughs> I'm jealous that we unfortunately don't have that opportunity to, to do that right now, but I'm really happy that they at least have an opportunity to do a, a COVID flex version of the 21st century model. Um, you know, I, I do believe that we will pass the 21st century model at the right time. Uh, I think there are bigger, uh, more important issues in the day. So, you know, we may have to wait a year or two for that to get properly voted and vetted. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm really, uh, I have spoken to my colleagues in the ACC and they, they even, I think, adjusted their schedule to play one game a week versus trying to jam a bunch of games in. Uh, so that they can also gather some good data and and be able to tell the world that this is a great idea. Um, so, on the one hand, you know, 
it's going to be hard to watch when they play a game in, uh, in, in a week or two here. Uh, mm-hmm. At the same time, I will be watching, and I'll be, I'll be hoping that uh, um, the, the good things uh, come out of it. At the same time, we're going to be prepared to beat their butts come springtime, so, so we'll, we'll be ready to go. <laughs> So one of the points in that two semester model is, you know, limiting injuries, workloads, things like that. We saw a few of your guys last year deal with injuries. Paul Ben, Brian Padilla, those ACLs, William James Survey had that leg injury. And I know Mark Santuan has something going on right now. How are those guys kind of recovering over the last couple of months and what's their status now? Yeah. Um, you know, Mark just unfortunately, you know, uh, towards ACL, uh, you know, in the first couple of days of preseason, um, but the rest of the guys are all recovering well, and they're, they're making you know uh, good progress. We're probably bringing them along a little more patiently than maybe if we had a season, uh, which is nice. But you know, the, the whole idea of the two semester model is it's um, it, it's the right thing for the players. It's good for the players, good for the game. There is proper amount of uh, rest and recovery, training and development leading up to a week. Um, you know, the way the game of soccer is played when you're running, um, you know, seven eight miles in a game. Uh, to try to play within sometimes, you know, two or three days rest in between just doesn't make sense. I mean, the number of soft muscle tissue injuries and the, mon- the, the amount of mental stress and anxiety uh, the players go through uh, and the number of classes that they miss in the fall season right now, is, that's just not good for anyone. It's not the way it should be done. And, and I think people recognize that. I think we have administrators that are coming to grips with the idea that, yeah, this sport deserves a better model. Uh, and I do believe we're going to pass it at the right time. Um, I know our players uh, are clamoring for it. I, I hear from recruits, parents, and kids from all over the all over the country really encouraging me to keep the fight going so we can get that done for future generations. Um, and uh, I'm excited to, to get over the finish line at the right time. You and I joked before we started that normally this would be a season preview, but we don't have a season to preview right now. But I did want to ask about the freshmen that have come in so far. A lot of promising talents. What have you seen from them just in the first couple of weeks? Oh, they're terrific. Uh, these are really good freshmen. It's, it's a small group of five five kids. We have a terrific goalkeeper, Jamie Lowell, who uh, you know is from New Hampshire, but played in the Seattle Sounders Academy. He's, he's played a couple of times with the USL team in Tacoma. Uh, he's got a really good physique, a wonderful personality, and he's really shown some promise already in here. Then you have uh, Joe Suchecki at New York City FC, uh, you know, defensive midfielder who's got two great feet, great range. He's a big, strong uh, kid with with bags of skill. Uh, you just uh, kind of a, a, a great combination to have. You don't see very often. Um, and then you have Ben Bender from from uh, from Baltimore here at Calvert Hall, who is he is a real talent. Uh, he's he's got incredible feet and and just a great uh, way about the way he plays the game. He's very very creative, lots of flair. Um, so he, he's doing very well. Uh, Jason Russell Rowe. Um, who was, I thought was the best attacking player in the country last year from Toronto FC. Uh, he's, he's a goal scorer. He just sniffs out goals. He knows how to get in good spots. Uh, he's a finisher uh, and something that we, we, we really sorely missed last year. And then we have a player that came late into our program, Kento Abe, a Japanese young man who has played for the regional national team in Japan, who's a very talented player, center back and an outside back. Um, and he's adjusting to the tempo of the college game, but he's, he's, He's a very skillful player, I think, with also with a lot of promise. I think we have five impact kids into a team, small group, but high quality. 
just hearing about those new guys gets me so excited. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to wait a little while to see him out on the field. Yeah. But one of those guys we did see out on the field for the first time was Nicholas Neumann, goalkeeper, had a very successful freshman season. And he did elect to go and pursue professional opportunities in his home country of Germany. What was that conversation like that you had with him with that decision? Well, it's an interesting question you ask right now because um, um, I think uh, – Nicholas has been in touch with us recently um, and mm -hmm. is, is now trying to see if there's a way for him to potentially resume his career here at Maryland. Mm -hmm. So we're in the process of, of looking into uh, uh, him potentially returning here in the spring. This is breaking news, but there uh, you go. I didn't uh, expect that. But but this is what happens when I talk to a great reporter. You know, you, get, you ask the question, <laughs> I'll give you the answers. Um, Thanks. No, I, I think I think with Nicholas, you know, it was um, it was a tough deal. You know, Germany was doing well in the COVID crisis. There was a lot of uncertainty whether we're going to have a fall season. There was a lot of uncertainty whether we're even going to have students back on campus. And I think, uh, uh, you know, we didn't have the COVID under control in this country. And like a lot of international players, he he just thought at this point maybe it's better to opt out. And he resumed training with his uh, with his team in that area. Uh, but since he's seen now that we're going to have a spring season and he's seen that uh, the players are here and, and, and they're healthy and they're training and, and developing – uh, I think he misses it, and I think he's 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 asked us to explore whether whether it's possible to come back. So we are in that uh, exploration stage right now, and who knows, he may be back here in the spring. We'll wait and see. Yeah. Um, so typically, the MLS draft is in the winter. You guys would be playing in the spring. Now you have a lot of seniors and guys on your team that are you know are looking to go pro. Have you had conversations with them about that? Maybe how to manage that that decision. Yeah, well, I, I'm on a small committee that talks to MLS on a regular basis, and we have a call next week with them to to go over, uh, you know, the details of how the draft might work this year and 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 some of the NCAA rules that go along with that. But I have talked to our seniors as well. You know, we have uh, uh, four seniors scheduled to graduate in December: um, uh, Paul, Ben, Eric Metzlevich, Matt, and Van der Rosa. In fact, three of those guys are less than full time because they're way ahead on graduation. So. So that's an, another ongoing conversation uh, with them and with the NCAA in terms of what is possible for them to play in the spring. Um, so, so as you can see with, with Nicholas and with these players, there's a lot of complexity <laughs> to, uh, uh, to, to shifting the season the way that we have right now. Uh, I think in the end we'll get all the answers and the, the young men will make their decisions accordingly. But, um, yeah, I'm keeping awfully busy with, uh, with try, trying to solve problems uh, uh, or opportunities for our players. So those guys might end up in the pros. You have an awful <laughs> lot, having a lot of success there right now. You know, it's been all over Twitter the past couple of weeks, how well those guys are doing. Um, let's start with Chase Gasper, Dane St. Clair, part of that, you know, defensive contingent for the national championship. What's it like to see them succeeding in the pros, but kind of doing it together? Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. I, I still remember the night before the draft when the Minnesota uh, coaches came up to me and asked me about both of them. And I said, yeah, they're, they're both starters in, in your league. And, and they're both, you know, they're, they're grown men and they're talented players. And they drafted them both, I think, one after the other. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, look, Chase has taken advantage of his opportunity and he's been a, a warrior. Um, I, I joke with them that the pro season with an average of a game a week was better suited for someone like Chase who doesn't know how to play at any other speed than full speed all the time. And sometimes he had injuries in college because of the schedule that we had. And uh, thankfully, again, I'm knocking on wood, but but he's been in, in really good form and he's been able to uh, get his body to compete at a high level. Um, and Dane, 
you know, he had to just wait for his opportunity as a goalkeeper. But he was used to that. You know, when he came to Maryland, uh, he, you know, he, he, he played behind Cody Niedermar for a year or two and then got his opportunity and then became, uh, you know, among the best goalkeepers in college soccer. So he, he understood that path. And now he's taking advantage of his opportunities. But I think, man, imagine two of his four starts and has done really, really well. So I'm really proud of those guys, but I'm proud of all of them. It's kind of like having a bunch of bunch of kids all over these places. And uh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm a, I'm a proud, uh, proud papa when it comes to watching them play in the uh, in MLS and, and obviously with Zach being with Man City right now uh, I'm really hopeful that he plays in the Carabao Cup here uh, later this week so um, I'll be tuning in. That was actually going to be my next question Zach yeah. you know now playing for Pep Guardiola's Manchester City <laughs> which is just really kind of crazy to think about have you talked yeah. with him lately about anything that's been going on or just what, what is it like to see him now at that level? Yeah, I I've, uh, I haven't spoken to him directly lately, but I've spoken to Alex, and I've obviously I've supported their organization, a Voice Now organization uh, mm-hmm. that two guys started, which is wonderful. Um, but uh, I'm so proud of him. You know, the, my, the only problem is I'm a Man United fan, and now having to cheer for Man City, right. <laughs> cheer for noisy neighbors, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. But I'll be rooting for Zach all the way. Um, but I'm a Man United guy, so that, that's uh, that, that's what that's how that goes. Uh, no, no, look, Zach is everything we thought he was going to be when we recruited him. You know, we thought he'd be U.S. number one. We thought he had a chance to play in Europe. And uh, he's, you know, proven us all right. Um, and, uh, I, you know, he comes from an incredible family. And I'm also so proud of the leadership role that he's taken in the, social, in the fight for social justice and anti-racism um, that, that, that he's leading right now for such a young guy with a big platform. Uh, I couldn't be more proud of him and Alex Cornali for what they're doing as well. Um, and so many of our players are doing the same thing. We would be here all day if I asked you about yeah. every turp in the pros yeah. MLS. But yeah. the last one I do want to ask you about is Eric Williamson, who's having yeah. a breakout season for the yeah. Portland Timbers, playing a little bit deeper than he maybe did in your teams. And just what's it been like to see his progression from College Park to now starting week in, week out? Uh, I think it's been great. You know, Eric was probably one of the most talented players we've ever had here. Um, and, and you know, I knew it was going to take a little time for Eric to really kind of uh, mature into being a real big time professional. I think Eric had to sort of, um, you know, understand the responsibility of, of the talent that he has and to be able to play in every minute. Uh, you know, the, the only fault Eric had was sometimes he, he, um, he took little breaks, whether it was from game to game or within games. And now watching him play, you can see, you know, he's put the pieces together. I mean, his mind is alert. He's defending, he's attacking. He, he, he does have an incredible instinct for the game and, and, and great skill. And you can see right now he's in a good, mature, professional place, uh, and he's starting to show his skill, and it's just really good to see. So we're now looking forward to the spring. You know, knock on wood, like you said. Yeah. It's going through that approval process. Any updates on what we can expect for maybe a college soccer season come the springtime? Yeah, so the NCAA just released the dates. Um, so the, the first game is scheduled from February 3rd is when the first opportunity to play. The last game, the Big Ten Championship game, will be on Saturday, April the 17th. The NCAA tournament selection is on April the 18th. And the, and the national championship semis and finals will be somewhere between May 13th and the 17th. So by mid-May, be a national champion crown. It'll be a smaller field. Instead of the 48-team field, we'll have 36 teams. 24 automatic qualifiers, which means there'll be 12 at largest. Normally, there's 24 at largest. So this year, more than ever, winning the, the, Ace, the Big Ten, uh, a Big Ten championship will be 
critical and certainly probably have to finish on top two in order to get an invite. So, so our guys already know that. Uh, I've already explained the details to them. Uh, and that's our goal. So we're hoping to start training camps sometime in early to mid-January um, to get ready for the spring season. Now, I know people who are listening are going, wait a second, Sash, you said February 3rd. Have you ever played soccer in February in Maryland? Uh, it's going to be a challenge. Um, it's going to be a challenge. So we're going to have to have some flexibility and some backup plans. Uh, be looking into some uh, potential indoor facilities uh, as, as potential backup plans so we can maximize the number of games we play and make sure they're in a good, in a good environment. So, but nonetheless, whatever challenge is ahead of us, we'll be ready uh, to tackle it. Last thing, you know, you've been at the university for so long, people kind of like look to you in these times of, you know, confusion and things like that. If you had a message for all the Maryland fans out there, you know, without any Terps to watch this fall aside from football, but without that kind of heart of college sports this season, what's kind of the message going forward? You know, it's like I tell my players, you know, we, we have to win this moment. You know, you know in life, you're, you're dealt uh, adversity. Uh, unexpectedly and you just have to find a way to win the moment how can i find a positive out of this terrible negative you know the word crisis comes from a uh, two chinese words uh, and and i think the origin is it threat and opportunity and and whenever you have this moment of of threat these difficult times um the, the you know true character true leadership true uh winning the moment comes how can i make this better how what can i do to make this moment better how can i win that moment and that's the way i talk to my players all the time you know it's like you know you always have choices in life so so you know we are going to come through this um fine you know we're, we're doing all the right things to be responsible to stay healthy and and making sure that we spread our influence to our family loved ones and, and our fans um but I, I will say through all this i can't wait for the day that our fans are back in the stands and that we can see the familiar uh, students and parents and and work, you know staff workers and and we can showcase uh, you know the brilliance of Maryland soccer and put smile on people's faces. Inspirational as always, Coach. Thank you so much for taking the time today. You know, a lot to catch up on, but it was <laughs> it was great to have a little bit of normalcy for just a few minutes. Well, great to be with you, Brandon, and uh, go Terps. So my thanks again to Sasha for taking the time to sit down with me. It had been way too long, so really great catching up with him and very glad that we could talk about a lot of the stuff that's gone down over the last several months. So, you know, after having that conversation with him, I cannot wait to be back in the broadcast booth for this team again. You know, I'm a senior now. My time's kind of running out. And if I can be honest for a minute, you know, the uncertainty of not knowing whether or not I'd call a Maryland soccer game again has been really difficult for me. Um, this has been the highlight of my college experience, broadcasting Maryland soccer. And, you know, not knowing if I'm going to be able to do that in my senior year has really been difficult. So I can't even imagine how the team is feeling and what the seniors on that team are feeling. So hopefully we'll have some games in the spring. It's sure looking that way. And the only way to make sure that that happens is to wear your mask, social distance, stay safe, and take care of each other. I'm Brendan Hartlove, and that will do it for this edition of the Ludwig Lowdown, our Maryland men's soccer podcast right here on WMUC Sports Radio, your Terps, your station. Thanks for listening to the Ludwig Lowdown. We hope to have you right back here for the next edition with your host, Brendan Hartlove.
Thanks, everybody, and go Terps!